Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. What's up, y'all? It's exactly Living Corporate, and we're back continuing our live ramp leadership series. Listen, I hope that as this series goes on, that you notice, or let me not tell you what I hope you notice. You know what I'm saying? You notice what you want to notice. It's fine. I'm going to talk about (laughs) what I'm noticing in the discussions with uh, live ramp leadership is there's an awareness and an embracing that like what they're doing is new. Um, They are flexible and open and receptive to, you know, coordinating and working together in new ways and really being um, critical and systems thinkers. You can hear that in how they, um, for me anyway, how they, how they answer the questions, how they talk about their journey. So like I share that to say, I'm really excited about today's conversation. We're going to be talking a bit about the role of employee resource groups uh, strategically and how they fit and how they have fit and how they continue to shift and to fit for live ramp. Really excited about this discussion. Um, you know, really get into the nuances of identity and um, and really the structures of ERGs and, and how they can play a practical uh, role to support your career. And so before we uh, do that, we get to our conversation with uh, some incredible leaders at live ramp. We're going to tap in with Tristan. I'll see you in a minute. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, and I want to thank you for tapping back in with me as I provide some tips and advice for professionals. Today, let's talk about how you can avoid fake job posting scams. According to the Better Business Bureau, last year, 14 million Americans lost $2 billion in job scams, the highest total yet. The report found that as many employees began seeking remote positions, the number of fake listings increased. These scammers' main targets are younger people, with two-thirds of their victims being under 45 years old. The BBB's report shows that postings on Indeed account for 32% of fake job postings, while LinkedIn accounts for 7%. As these scams become more sophisticated, it's important to understand how you can protect yourself and avoid falling victim to these scammers. One of the first and probably most prominent signs of a fake posting is simple errors. Things like misspellings, grammatical errors, and odd wording can be dead giveaways that the posting is fake. Be on the lookout for things like missing or sketchy contact information in personal email addresses or website domains. Another sign is that the job posting is just too good to be true. Roughly 80% of job scams come via an unsolicited email or even text message. Often these postings will offer some combination of remote work, flexibility, and high salaries. 
The last sign I'm going to mention is if they ask for personal information like your social security number, driver's license, or even bank account information during the early stages of the process. Make sure to do your due diligence by searching for the employer and recruiter online. Both the company and the recruiter should be searchable. You can also try to contact the company and speak with the recruiter or someone in HR. And finally, never give personal information or money in order to start working for a company. That's almost always a tip-off that it's a scam. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up? Exactly. Look, um, I'm excited that we're able to work together, like live ramp to live in corporate, but they're also able to have like this conversation. Um, we have Diego Panama, the chief commercial officer at, at, at and the um, uh, ERG Latinx uh, lead and sponsor, uh, Alex Jovell, PNC coordinator, um, and in the ERG Latinx group, and then Janelle Potts, uh, who is uh, is on maternity leave, but, but stopped by and graced us with her presence to have a really just dope conversation about the experience of um, of live ramp through black and brown employees lenses. And so um, I know I said, what's up, but like just a pulse check for where we are in this moment. How are y'all doing? How do y'all feel? First, I'll say I'm, I'm right now I'm excited and uh, I feel grateful to be able to join you, Zach. I, I, I want to say I had a chance to listen to some of your podcasts over the last week or so. And, uh, I'm already happy. I'm aware of your podcast and it was, I'm already, it was enjoyable and I'm learning. So really thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today. It's uh, really appreciated. Oh, thank you all. Yeah. And I can echo that too. Really excited, thrilled to be here. This is uh, my first podcast experience being on a podcast. I'm a podcast head. I have podcasts I listen to weekly. So this is really exciting for me and being that it's representing um, people of color and for people of color. Um, it makes that this experience that much more exciting. So thanks for having us here. No doubt. Alex? Same for me as, as Janelle. This is my first podcast. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm very excited and very grateful to be here. Um, just, you know, sharing a little bit of my experience as a brown person at LiveRap and just in general, you know, in the corporate world. And to be able to share here with you and with Janelle and Diego, it's a very exciting opportunity. This is great. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of round round and I'm gonna I'm a tag, I'm gonna call up pull up put a, a few folks out on Front Street with a direct question. But please, I'm really am looking for um looking for all your perspectives. So Diego, let, let's talk a little bit about your journey into Live Ramp and the current position that you hold. Um, and, I, and I'm really trying to understand also, like as a part B to that, is when you think about this, um, your ERG role and the sponsorship role, the leadership role that you play there, how does that fit into the work that you do in business strategy at LiveRamp? Uh, sure. Thanks, Zach. So I am the chief commercial officer at LiveRamp, uh, and I've been in the role for about three months, but I've been at LiveRamp for about eight years. Uh, I joined LiveRamp when we were very very early on, about 30 people. And I like to say I've had every sales role uh, in the company, uh, now culminating with the chief chief commercial officer role that I took on a, a few months ago. 
Uh, and even before taking this role, uh, we got together with, with a few live emperors, Alex included, and decided to found uh, Latinx at LiveRamp as one of the first ERGs at LiveRamp. And that was a, a really great experience. Uh, there's a lot more that we can talk about there, but um, it was one of the parts that was most exciting to me about taking on the broader role at LiveRamp, the executive role at LiveRamp, is coming in with that perspective um, of being a Latino um, employee at LiveRamp, of being a member of an ERG group and even having a, a louder microphone, uh, if you will, for, for everything that's going on and everything that's, that, that's top of mind. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm part of our leadership team now, and I can tell you that uh, DIB is front and center of, you know, of everything that we do. Uh, it's, uh, and personally, I like to say that you know, it's not just that it's good for business, because yes, and you can point to all the research that shows how you know, diversity and inclusion and different points of views is it's helpful and that's all great but there's a bigger reason to do this um, and that's what gets me excited uh, you know like there's a bigger reason to 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 make sure that DIB is front and center in our strategy in our work um, and it's about our workforce our own employees it's about how we think our product and our customers uh, and and our communities and it's all a cycle that fits fits in together uh, so it's it, every uh, decision that we make, you know, whether it's we're opening an office in so-and-so country and it's like, okay, well, are certain employees going to be limited by operating in that country? Like, how do, we, how do we think about that? So it's been really fun to have the lens front and center as we make business decisions and think about our strategy and just continue to make LiveRamp an awesome place to work and a, and a great company. You know, I'd love to hear from Janelle and Alex their their experience and their their journey into Live Ramp and like how they got here in this place today. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I consider my journey somewhat unique that I had no technical experience when I got to Live Ramp at all. I worked for a healthcare organization where I was in the HR benefits, um, working with uh, very complex um, pension plans and finances and everything, guiding the physicians. Um, and so when I got to Live Ramp last year, um, May of 2020, during the pandemic, um, decided to just take a leap of change and leap of faith, um, wanted something different. I was hired as a, um, a um, I just changed the name of my role. So I used to be a consumer care specialist, but now I'm a data ethics specialist focusing on consumer care. Um, and so uh, what I do is I explain to consumers their individual privacy rights, and help them understand uh, under CCPA, CPRA, and GDPR. Um, and so it was, I used that experience of having a lot of customer service experience and able to use my experience at Kaiser um, for uh, explaining difficult concepts to be able to bring myself to the position I'm in here now. So um, I'm, like I said, completely new to the tech world, um, but that was my how I kind of navigated my way into uh, live ramp and for me similar to janelle this is also my first tech experience before coming to live ramp i had not worked in the tech world um, i actually had worked for several years outside of the us so had a little bit of different kind of background as i was working in central america as my first job experiences um, came to the us struggled a little bit to find my little spot where i fit in in the business world because I was coming into something completely different. Um, 
had a couple of different jobs. I think that was probably my first exposure to diversity and what it means to companies. Um, was in a job, they offered me the position and they were like, it's so great that we like you. You're also a diverse hire. Um, and I didn't think much of it in the moment when they said that, but it, like, it still resonates with me, what, eight years later, it, it meant something at that point. Um, so, you know, and then I eventually like took a leap and interviewed at LiveRamp. And I remember one of the first things I saw at LiveRamp when I walked into our reception that has been remodeled since then, were a bunch of little flags from different countries that were represented at LiveRamp's employees. And I saw the El Salvador flag and I was like, what? There is somebody else who identifies with the same country that I do. And it was um, impressive to me. And I asked her out and I didn't know that person was actually Diego and later that we would be working so closely together. So that's just um, how things worked out and been very lucky and fortunate to work at LiveRamp where I've been able to switch up my role. I started out as an executive assistant, worked with several different teams, and now here I am on the HR team. So, well, first of all, thank you for that. And 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 something else that you you touched on there um, around just the the diversity of um, the the Latino Latina um, space, like just globally, and how diverse and just um, just differentiated it is, culture to culture. There's a variety of cultures. It's really easy when you think about uh, mass media or just like common talking points to really. Um, bundle everyone together. But the reality is, is that there's a variety of different experiences, a kaleidoscope of perspective experiences, cultures, um, you know, accents, languages, cuisine, everything. It's just, it's very unique. Uh, I'm curious, you know, today we're having this conversation. I've, I continue to reference ERGs or employee resource groups. Can we talk a little bit about the impact of ERGs um, on your experience at LiveRamp? Like tactically, practically speaking, what does that look like for you? Yeah, you know, um, I, I I just love how Alex just described, you know, how it felt to walk in and feel just the culture of the company um, by visually seeing it. Um, and for me, like I said earlier, since I started um, Live Brand during the pandemic, um, ERGs mean more to me now than they've ever meant before. Um, because this is where I've got gained my sense of um, belonging, really, in the company. I've gained my sense of understanding, like understanding our culture, um, and being able to share those experiences, uh, shared experiences with people that look like me. Because when I started, um, I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see people who looked like me on my teams virtually. I didn't see people who looked like me on Slack. And I was literally having conversations with people like, do you know Black people that work here? Where are they? Where have they been? Where can I find them? <laughs> and so as, as funny as that may be, that was really, I was concerned. And so I was connected with some people and um, they introduced me to uh, some of uh, people who look like me, some Black folks. And, and I just really started to treat ERGs as my virtual break room, I like to refer to it as a place that I can just step into and um, let my hair down and know that that's the place that I connect with people that look like me. So right now it's the impact of ERGs is everything to me and my experience here at LiveRoom. Yeah, you know, I didn't start out with the idea of being part of an ERG when the idea, like it's never something that crossed my mind. It wasn't, I, that wasn't me. Um, but you know, last year was just so impactful as a year. There was just so much going on 
that when the whole process of forming ERGs at LightRamp started, I found myself raising my hand and I'm like, hear me, I want in, I want to participate in this. Um, I just felt this need to connect with other team members, more so on a deeper level. Like I did know there were a few other Latinx, had no idea there were so many of us in a way, or so many Latinx allies at LiveRamp until we started this process and this journey. So it's been very impactful for me, you know, to be able to recognize where I am in my own journey as a Latinx, how I identify, how I represent myself, you know, in different aspects of my life being professional, one of them, and also to appreciate where other people are. I know I'm still learning. I'm not the first person to talk about the Latinx community. I have one experience among everybody who is Latinx. And it's also been great for me, not just in my own ERG, I felt like I've been able to appreciate and recognize similar and different experiences across other ERGs in our company. We've had cross um, teams collaborations where it's been great. Like I got to collaborate with Janelle last year. Like I had never met Janelle. We had a really great connection on an event we collaborated. You know, we identified as moms. And for me, that's been like so impactful not to just connect with my Latinx community, but with other ERGs. Yeah, I'll echo that. And, you know, I've gotten to know both Alex and Janelle through our ERG work. And especially last year when we were all remote, um, I remember the first Latinx group meeting we had, like, wow, there's uh, a lot of us. And it, we just kind of hung out and talked for an hour. Um, and that was really powerful. And then the other side of it is just you know, like we, we can be a voice and I notice that we're, we make a difference like because we, whether it's as black or Latinx or women or uh, whatever the REG is, uh, we, we we're, together we're able to create more awareness and it does have impact. Like it's, you know, even though it's it feels like it might be a trickle and might be slower than we all want. Like I noticed that whether it's, to our leadership team or to, to, to our extended team, like just creating that awareness so that all of us put in the work um, to um, um, make live and what we wanted to be. What I love is what I'm hearing, like the through line I'm hearing between each, all of your stories is community and connection, right? And it's, it's easy to, um, to undersell the value. I know I did uh, when I was, especially when I was like younger in my career, not that I'm just like some steely veteran, I mean, but still, um, you know, when I was younger in my career, I remember just being like, ah, oh, this is cool. But like, how are y'all going to impact this and change this and fix this and speak up for that? And I'm not saying those things are not real and should not exist and happen. Um, anything that can create senses of belonging, though, and connection are so invaluable, um, especially on those longer days. You have a challenging situation. Work is doing what work does. Uh, as it pertains to just being, you know, work, um, having having a group uh, that, like to your point earlier, uh, Diego, around like, turning up your microphone. Uh, I believe you being here, being a sponsor in this space does impact, like positively, dramatically, exponentially even impact the positioning of um, of the Latinx ERG. You know, I, I'm curious, what influenced each of you to either sponsor or be a part of an ERG? Because it's not like if you're not a part of an ERG, you don't belong to that group or you don't have relationships. So what was the extra push to take a, a more active role in um, 
and ERGs? Yeah, I'm happy to start. And uh, you might not like the answer, Zach, because uh, I listened to your, your conversation with Waiwan, which was incredible. Yeah, but the reality for me is that last year was transformational. I, I, I've been in this country for about 20 years. Um, and you know, obviously, I know I'm Latino, but I've never really identified or like kind of like carried it front and center um, or felt the need to uh, or even like felt the need to like really push uh, uh, to, to make a difference. And it's kind of like up to me, it was like a little bit of a slap in the face, like, hey, this is in front of your face. And the reality is that, you know, for the, our country, our institutions, like it's just racism exists. And we all have to really work day to day to be anti-racist uh, because we just have this, all of us have this legacy of how we've been brought up uh, that we, we have to push to make a change. And something that's always kind of gotten to me, I remember since I was little, is that how come some people get certain opportunity and some people don't. Like I remember growing up, it's like, man, if I only had been born in the United States, like I could like do this and this and, and like like how like what a random thing that I wasn't born between these these borders and that just kind of like sets my my fate or like my opportunities. So I've always kind of had like this innate interest on like making sure everybody has a fair shot and like the right opportunity. Uh, but you know, everything kind of came together last year where it's like, hey, like let's just just work to make a difference and educate yourself and you know latinx and then erg uh, live ramp felt like a natural place to start um so that's that's a little bit of my story of of, of where that came like it's it was um I, I i like to believe that as a country we are going through a unique moment in time and it's going to be up to all of us to make sure that it is and that it, it actually makes a difference uh but 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 I, I, yeah, I like to believe that we are really going through a transformation here. I didn't hear the conversation that Diego was referring to, Zach, um, but I can already make an assumption that I have an idea of maybe what you felt um, or were feeling. Um, and so remember, I was hired with LiveRamp May of 2020. So this is when ish hit the fan, <laughs> right? You know, it all hit the fan. Um, and we were all people of color were just kind of like side eyeing all the companies like, like, are you are you really concerned about DIB? Like, or, or are you hopping on this bandwagon that seems to be riding forward? Right. Um, and so I was a little um, so I was hired right at the beginning when everything hit the fan and everybody's DIB this DIB that. Um, so in one place, I'm looking for people who look like me and I desperately want to feel a sense of belonging, right? So I do want to start and be a part of and start an ERG for that reason. But then the other side of me is like, well, if they haven't had one by now, <laughs> you know, do I really want to be a part of something that's being created during this time? Like, is it really coming from a genuine place? And so I kind of sat with myself and just like, you know what? We have to move forward. I can't. I can't wonder why things hadn't been or you know established or anything like that. We have to move forward. So personally, made made the decision like, okay, well, this hasn't created. Well, I was connected with Annalisa Smith and Ariana McMillan, which are um, two black women at Live Ramp, and we just collectively came together to create the group. Um, so so that's that's how we we got in it and we were you know happy to say we've successfully created a safe authentic space um and so all of those concerns and worries 
kind of went out the window once we got together. Yeah, I have to say the same about 2020. I don't know if I would be as active in the Latinx ERG if 2020 wouldn't have ha if existed. Like, I would probably have a less, particip less participative role. Um, but it was just such a year. There was just, it was just so impactful. There's like, I feel like there's moments when different things happen in our history and it causes you to take action. And this was one of those for me. Um, so that's why I decided to join the ERG and a little bit echoing what Janelle said, it was, this is my chance to make sure it goes the way I would like it to go. Instead of letting somebody else set up the ERG, the way they think it should be, I wanted to have a voice of what I thought the ERG, how it should work, how it should look. I love that. You know, there's, there's such a, what I'm hearing, I'm hearing a personal element of of ownership and a, and a high element of identity in each of your your explanations and your stories, your backgrounds. I, I to the to the commentary around um, authentic engagement, and to the commentary around even just last year. Like, can each of you share how not just the events of last year, the murder of George Floyd, and the protests around the world, but company response, increased pressure, a global pandemic. How all, how of these things do you feel shape the way that each of you decide to show up to work in this season compared to 2019? It has shaped. Like, I do try to be more authentic at work. It doesn't come easy for me. It's not a switch. I turn on and I'd be like, okay, now I'm going to talk about all this. I'm going to be open about all this. LiveRamp has opened a lot of opportunities for us. There's been lots of areas for us to discuss opportunities to be open, but it's, I mean, it doesn't come easy to me. I know maybe for some other people, it's a lot easier. Um, it's hard for me to be vulnerable and be authentic. It's my struggle. It's something I'm working on, but I feel I'm making progress. Like I'm able to start talking about this and like, this affects me this way. And to think about how it affects other people and try to be, and give them that safe space um, or sometimes just the reminder to check in on another colleague because I think it's so easy to get tied up in our day-to-day -day. it may not be something big but maybe it's something big for that person that you decide to check in on and I think that's what I try to remember I don't always do but when something's going on like that's what at least I want to be able to give somebody it was like hey are you okay today how are you feeling about this I'm here if you need me. Um, so that's what that's what I'm trying to do different from 2020. I don't know if it's impactful for everybody, but it's it's been big for me. And to see other people check in on me, it makes a big difference to me. Yeah, I think Alex hit it right on the head for me, uh, just as far as being intentional about showing up as your most authentic self. Um, and it, it, for me, it's, you know, being hired in the middle of the pandemic, I wasn't sure if it's that or just me um, coming in as a black person during all of this, you know, uh, you know, this focus on DIV, where I just kind of said to myself, like, I'm not code switching. I'm not doing any of that stuff that used to be like a normal thing to do in the workspace. Like, I'm not doing it. And then, and, but then also, like, with working from home, it, it's like, it's not much you can hide. 
about yourself anymore. You know what I mean? Like, these are the things that we, you know, if before when women weren't talking about their kids so much in the workplace, like there's no hiding my kid, like having a tantrum and not caring that I'm on a meeting. So like being my authentic self, either part of me was kind of forced to be. And then part of me, I felt like I was very intentional about like, I'm going to be my true, you know, uh, straight, female, black, you know, everything that I identify as is who I am and take it or leave it. Yeah, I echo that again. Like, I think that in a way, like 2020 gave us no choice but to just show up as, as who we are. Uh, and, and in a way, it's also like what the, I think the team and company, everybody's just hungry for. Like, I think working remotely, everybody's just so hungry for like human connection um, that it's, you know, like I know, Alex's son has the best name in the world, and his name's Diego. <laughs> and we just, you know, like my kids jump into calls. Like I block my calendar two, three times a day. Like at the very beginning of the pandemic, when we had no childcare, like no schools, no anything. Like, yeah, you know what? I have to take two-hour breaks in the middle of the day to just help out with the kids. Like, um, so all of us just have to show up as who we are, and and hopefully that's here to stay, because uh, I think we're all better for it. Hey, man, you know, this has been a great conversation. I really think we could go another hour, but I want to respect everyone's calendars. I, I will ask this. The final question is, for organizations who are, yes, in 2021, just now trying to create ERGs, or who recognize that they need to really start over with their ERGs, what are some points of advice you give them? I would say um, just to it's to the question that that last point you made about starting over, you know, the courage to just recognize and realize maybe what we have been doing wasn't working, you know, um, not don't be afraid of that. You know, nothing's wrong with hitting the reset button. Um, and then also nothing's wrong with jumping into um, uncharted waters, you know, something that you're not too familiar with. You know, you don't need to be an expert. Um, but just acknowledging um, every, each person and everyone's own experiences. Um, it can just be so simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. You know, does everybody doesn't have to know how to define, you know, the all the LGBTQs and the I's and the A's and all of those things. But it's just being intentional about um, listening and um, being open to new experiences. Yeah, I would add, like, it's it's not just going to happen. Like you have to be deliberate about it. And, you know, for leadership teams out there, like you have to be deliberate and you have to invest in it and like invest in the resources that are required. Um, and, and then put in the time, uh, like, like I think leadership teams really can really impact a, a company's culture. And, uh, there has to be just genuine buy-in, like authentic belief that this is important. So like that's kind of like where you, hopefully you, you start uh, and then invest, like actually invest it, the time and the resources required. Yeah, I want to use the word Janelle used. It was intentional. I think that's that's so key, whether they're starting from the beginning or they're restarting. Just be intentional about what you're doing. Like it doesn't need to be perfect right off the bat. Like, you know, LiveRam's been doing this for now a year. Ours aren't perfect yet. All of our ERGs like have their moments. It it takes time, um, but just being just really be intentional about what you're what you're doing and why you're doing it. 
think that's like the key to get started. Y'all, I love it. Love the conversation. I want to thank each of you. Um, consider you each friends of the show. Hope you can come back. Uh, whether it's in like a formal, we're doing a whole brink, you know, thing, or y'all just coming by just to kick it, say what's up. Um, thank you, each of you, and uh, we will talk to y'all soon. And we're back. Listen, I want to shout out the live ramp team. I want to shout out uh, really just honestly all the coordination off mic, you know. Tabitha, thank you very much. Cam, of course, my man. This has been really great. I'm excited about the fact that, um, that we're having some conversations with with a brand that is not, you know, afraid just to have honest dialogue, right, about experience. And and so I, I'm really looking forward. Um, I'm really looking forward to the next insert into this series. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. There's quite a few things going on, but I just want to thank, you know, Diego Panama, a chief commercial officer and, and um, member of the Latinx ERG. I want to thank Alex Javel, a PNC coordinator and also a member of the, the Latinx ERG at Live Ramp. And of course, I want to thank Janelle Potts, consumer care advocate and former ERG black founder and president. So look, I just, I appreciate, um, these discussions i i hope that brands that are listening to this series individual views that they would they'd really pick up that to create um interesting and like engaging content it has to be authentic right and so i just want to shout out live rant for uh being frank and being willing to like really have have authentic conversations that may not always be the most comfortable um all right, y'all, look, make sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. This has been Zach. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more about Live Ramp. And uh, we'll catch y'all soon. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.